If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. Time to take a break from your fast-paced life. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs to help you deal with the cluster cuss that is life in the aftermath of the pandemic. On today's episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Stress. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of the episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. So it's season three. (laughs) Elizabeth and I took some time off and we are so excited to be back. We've created this podcast to help people deal with the stress of the pandemic. Before the pandemic, 90% of doctor visits were due to stress-related symptoms. But people weren't aware that their physical and mental distress was directly connected to stress. Right now, post-pandemic, nearly 80% of Americans actually do know that stress is negatively impacting their health and feelings. I think people are way more aware of how adversely stress affects them in a really practical day-to-day way. It just seems like that awareness level is up. Yeah, 60% of people say the number of issues America faces is overwhelming to them. Right. And these statistics are from a Harris poll from the American Psychiatric Association, which also states that the most stressed out people are Gen Z and women. (laughs) Welcome to our world. Um, But it's okay, because we're here to give you easy-to-use skills based in science so that instead of stress being the boss of you, you can regulate your nervous system to feel less freaked out, less stressed out, and genuinely calm. For reals. So I would say when you hear the word stress, everyone thinks that they know what that means. Um, But, you know, in neurobiology, we don't use the word stress. We use the word threat threat. So I'm going to give you kind of a way to look at stress that might be a little bit of a different angle or lens to look through. So anything that seems threatening to you subconsciously or consciously, and of course, subconsciously is always the problem, right? When we're aware of it, we can deal with it. When we're not so aware of it, it's happening underneath the surface and we don't know about it. That's why so many people have such a hard time managing their stress because they don't really know it's there or they do know it's there. They don't know what to do about it. So anything that might, might seem seem. These are two important words because it doesn't mean that someone pulls a gun on you. I mean, that's the only way to get your stress response up or, you know, suddenly there's a bear attacking you and that's the only way to get your stress response up. It can seem threatening and it can be an internal threat or an external threat. Yes. I went out with my gay kickball team two nights ago and we partied our face off and I had way too much to drink. So the next morning, every decision has consequences. So the consequence was I was hungover as hell. And I rallied just to make it to the game. But I wasn't able to eat my normal breakfast, hydrate as much as I'd like to. So during the game, I kicked the ball and I made it to first and I made it to second. And I started running to third. They were like, go, 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 go. And as soon as I started to run from third to home plate, 
I realized I made a huge mistake and the line coach was trying to tell me to go back to third and it was too late because this person from the other team was already sprinting at me to like throw the ball. And normally I would have just kept running and been fine. But because I was just like underhydrated, underfueled and didn't know what was going on, I just panicked and I went into a faint response and turtled like a little turtle like right down <laughs> on the field. <laughs> person was so confused they just like ran up to me were like uh, are you okay and like got me out and the whole team was like wait did you fall like did you hurt yourself and I just stood up and I was like sorry everyone I panicked <laughs> and I just like walked away but it was total stress response right so any threat that elicits that flight fight freeze faint response in us that's stress Right? So the stress, flight, fight, freeze, faint gets activated. The stress hormones flood your nervous system, and you're going to do one of those four things. <laughs> I'm so thankful for my team because they were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we love you. They were probably all just as hungover as you were. Right, right? yeah. So, Casey, you had internal threat, meaning you weren't fueled, you didn't have enough sleep, you had poison in your system. <laughs> so kind of the trifecta. <laughs> And then you had external threat that in a normal circumstance without the internal threat going on wouldn't have been a big deal. But because your threat bucket was full, that's what we call it. Like it's like our whole body is a bucket <laughs> and the amount of threat or stress piles up inside of us until it overflows. Casey's threat bucket overflowed. <laughs> and caused this stress response of turtling. That is a faint or freeze response, depending on how it happened for you. So that's what we're talking about is with threat, you can really think of it like it compounds, it builds up inside of you. So like me at the beginning of the pandemic, I was actually doing really well. Other people were freaking out, losing their minds over this horrible thing. And I found it very easy to to stay calm and centered, to do my self-centering and self-care practices. And even as the pandemic wore on, it was still easy for me because of the nonlinear movement method, which we'll talk about later. I kept emptying out my threat bucket so that stress wasn't building up inside of me. Whereas it wore on, it was getting worse and worse and worse for people. Their threat bucket just kept filling up. Now, when it shifted for me was at the one year anniversary of the pandemic, that really hit my heart. I noticed my threat bucket was getting fuller, but in this really creeping, stealthy way. It wasn't overwhelming. And then when the mask mandate was lifted, that's when it kicked in for me. And everyone else is like, yay, we're outside, we're freer, and they're feeling great. Their threat has gone down, and my threat went way up. So remember when I said you got to pay attention to seams? So sometimes it's how you interpret what's going on outside of you, right? Everyone else's stress went down, mine went up. So it was how I was interpreting that threat. The threat became more real for me, less real for other people. Their stress went down, my stress went up. That's really important to remember that perception can also affect your stress levels. 
and very real things affect your stress levels, right? Very real threats inside or threats outside affect your stress levels. And I love that you bring that point up too, because with the mask mandates being lifted and people trying to return to, you know, quote unquote, a more normal way of being, there's a lot of those kind of awkward situations where you're like, okay, should I do this? Should I do this? Everyone else is doing this. And it can even just the the perception of that itself can cause stress. Because stress goes down when predictability goes up. So if you're not sure of something, if you're confused, if you're in the unknown, if you don't know how something's going to turn out, that alone can increase the amount of threat inside yourself. So increase the amount of stress hormones your system is producing and holding on to. So just that state of not knowing, which honestly, we've all been in for a long time now. I think that critical mass building is also a threat, especially to us sensitives, us very empathic people that feel everything. Um, I think we feel, wow, 9 billion people are affected at the same time that I'm being affected by the same thing. That has never happened in my lifetime. And I think there's a critical mass to that, that like I said, us sensitive types are feeling, we're in tune with that. So this this worldwide overall threat going up, which means fear goes up, which means anxiety goes up. So anxiety's up for all of us. Anxiety is the opposite side of the coin of depression. So a lot of people are finding themselves bouncing between anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression, now more than ever. Thank you for presencing that. In in my inner circle, anxiety levels have absolutely increased within the past two or so months. And I think it's very alive in the collective. And one of the most helpful ways that I've found to address that inner threat is to make sure that your biological needs are met. And I know we touched on a little bit with my hangover kickball story. (laughs) (laughs) But to reiterate this, um, your brain needs two things to properly function. Fuel in the form of nutrients and oxygen and activation in the form of movement. Without proper fuel and activation, you won't produce enough dopamine. And dopamine is the feel-good neurotransmitter chemical. So when fuel and activation are down, you feel drained and unmotivated. And that leads to a lack of will to move. And then eventually a lack of ability to move. I mean, that's where people can't move anymore. Well, and, and why this is so important is because it's overlooked. Not meeting your biological needs is so easy. Going a long time without eating. Not getting enough sleep. Forgetting to drink water all day. And you know, in my story, I can really relate to this because I never counted calories in my life. I didn't diet. I just ate really healthily. I thought I was doing everything right. I was always naturally thin. And my mom, who's more round, was like, oh, well, you have your grandfather's body. That's why you're so long and lean never thought about my weight. And at around 50 years old, like I started piling on weight really fast. And that's when I started counting calories and realized that I was getting six to 900 calories a day, which is way too little for the active lifestyle I was leading. So that happened to me. I started getting GI issues. I felt drained and unmotivated. I had a lack of will to move to the point where I could barely move. 
And I'm still dealing with that. I'm still dealing with getting enough calories in my body in a day to have the proper brain function to feel super energized and able to move my body for long periods of time, right? When you lose it, it takes a long time to rebuild it. I'm in the process and I'm getting better all the time, but it's been a real health journey for me. And meeting your biological needs is so important in terms of dealing with inner threat and stress that Elizabeth and I, uh, today we're supposed to start our <laughs> recording at 12 and every possible technological thing on the planet that could go wrong did. <laughs> it was like a kind of unbelievable. Like we would just get it set up and then like the mic would go out or the, the screen wouldn't work or there'd have to be an update. There, there was something that just kept happening. And so Wait, how long was it before we... 90 even, minutes. It was 90 minutes in. And by that point, we had to eat because we were scheduled to be done by then. So our needs, our body was saying, I have to eat. I need to move. And so after exhausting every possible technological fix on the planet, at this point, we couldn't even talk or hear each other. So Elizabeth just messaged me and she's like, let's go for a walk and eat and, and come back. And I was like... Oh, yes. But we knew that was exactly what was needed for us to recharge, center back in, and to be able to report the podcast. If we just bowled through that, we would deliver a less quality content and we would feel like crap. Right. And now we feel fabulous. And now we feel awesome. And my stress <laughs> levels are back to normal. I think we were dealing pretty well with the stress while it was ongoing. And because we are very somatically aware somatic is of or having to do with the body so we're very we pay attention to those inner signals we pay attention to the little nuanced sensations of your threat bucket going up a little pain or twinge here a more hollow feeling there we we really pay attention and they those signals can be very subtle but that's Casey and mine's practice, our life practice for our personal selves and our professional practice. So we started to notice we're not hungry. It's not like, oh, I'm starving. We try not to get that far. It's, oh, something feels kind of off. It can just be that. something. Right? It can be so subtle. Something just like, oh, I'm not feeling as great as I was a half an hour ago. Oh, I'm a little bit tired, right? So you just start to notice what are the sensations going on inside? And something I'm learning how to do is to also pay attention to external cues like time because I don't get hungry until it's way too late. Mm -hmm. So I can't rely on a slight feeling of hunger because I don't have it. I can go a whole day with barely eating and not feel hungry, right? That's something that I've been working on healing. So I have to look at the time and be like, okay, I ate three hours ago. I'm supposed to eat every two to three hours. I need to go eat. Like I have to be that outer and inner aware. And when you do that, how do you feel versus when you don't? A hundred million times better, like a whole new person. You found what works for you in that situation. That's a, a keeping track of time. And I'm a timeless creature, so I hardly ever pay attention to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my my body is not so subtle. <laughs> I get just real hangry. And, you know, emotionally, I get hangry, which is hungry, angry. Physically, I will, my posture will go from like more 
upright to actually slouch down. It's almost like somebody like turned off a machine and it's like, boom, and it'll come down. And then all of a sudden I'll notice myself getting irritated about dumb stuff. And then my thoughts will switch from solution oriented to problem oriented. Then I notice that reel of worry coming and all the stuff that I have to do. And then I'll, I can normally catch it and be like, wait a second. I just need to eat. <laughs> mm. Yesterday I got to a place of like, oh, I feel like there's a bee in my brain and I keep worrying all of a sudden. I'm freaking tired. Like I didn't sleep well last night. I just need to get ready and go to bed early. Like that just needs to happen. And then boom, slept great. And today I feel like a whole new person. The thing I love about prioritizing your biological needs to the extent that, you know, we do and how we work together is most of the time that remedies whatever's going on. Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, honestly, y'all, I was in therapy for 20 years. And in the first 10 years, something I processed often was at three o'clock every day, all I wanted to do was fall asleep. And I thought it was a hundred percent mental reason. What I learned since was I was fucking starving. I had probably only had a few hundred calories since I got up at eight in the morning and I was working all day. That's why I was exhausted and feeling depressed. So I kept trying to treat the depression, which yes, I still had depression because of PTSD, but also I truly believe that had I been eating enough calories, my symptoms of depression would not have been as pervasive as they were. Yes, I still needed to have somatic experiencing therapy. I still needed to get the excess stress hormones out of my cells and release all of that trauma. But it is a symbiotic relationship. Your mental state and your physical state are completely intertwined. And the amount of sleep, water, nutrients you get directly affects your brain function. Like Casey said, fuel in the form of nutrients and oxygen, activation in the form of movement. We don't get enough of those things. We feel like crap. And then you don't even know what is my baseline here? What is it that is this recurring threat and stress that's happening in my system over and over, keeping my PTSD symptoms so alive, so activated? Like what part of it is totally internal? What of it is everyday life shit? What of it is particular heinousness that we're dealing with in the form of this pandemic, like separating it all out so you can deal with each and every aspect to overall reduce the threat so that your stress levels go down. So you have to look at every single part of your life and your signals from inside of yourself to see, oh, what is it exactly that's contributing to my stress levels? Only by being that aware that so many different things contribute to your threat bucket getting filled up and you overflowing with stress hormones and physical manifestations and horrible emotional feelings, only really being able to tease all of that out can you effectively deal with your stress. It's never just one thing. And if all of that feels overwhelming to you, don't worry about it because that's what Elizabeth and I do. We help you figure out the areas of your life that are giving you stress and give you practical tools and things to do that make it easier. And we, we want to be clear too that like stress isn't a villain. Stress is there to save your life, right? The stress response is a really great thing. We just over 
use it. We use it when there isn't something life-threatening going on. That's when stress becomes problematic. That threat bucket filling up, too much stress hormone in your system, too many stress-activated neural loops, which means when you get that feeling like you're stuck being stressed out all the time and you're worrying a lot and all of your thoughts are scary, that's getting caught in that neural loop. So there's physiological neural loops that go to pain, tension, and discomfort in your body. And then there's mental neural loops. And that comes from having just way too much stress going on in your system. I think I lived most of my life actually addicted to stress. Temporarily, you get this increased ability to focus. Your senses get keener. Your heart rate goes up. There's an adrenaline rush. Yeah, that's why people like to feel stressed. <laughs> right. And I thrived off of it. It was like, how busy can I make my schedule? How extreme can I take things? Because I really, really loved that feeling. But you pay the price for that, for using stress to motivate you, right? <laughs> yeah. Because just like there's a light side to everything, there's also a dark side to everything. And the dark side when your body's going through stress is things that are really important shut down so that those things that I just described can be enhanced. So for example, digestion shuts down your immune system, reproduction, metabolism. What's more important than those? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So when those things that you like feeling are getting activated, these other important physiological functions are shutting down. Yeah. And it's interesting because even as I'm hearing myself say that, I can remember when I went from living addicted to stress to stopping and really taking care of my body and like halving my schedule to what it used to be. And during that entire time when I was addicted to stress, my digestive system was a wreck. They thought I had IBS. They thought I had spastic colon, but they could never actually pinpoint anything. My immune system also kind of sucked. I haven't, wow, that's really interesting. I've been sick twice in 15 years. And that was around the time that I've, I started really focusing on uh, managing my stress levels. And so I'm just, just kind of realizing that now in this moment. And that's, that's pretty incredible. So yeah, just like anything else, there's a light and a dark side. And so it's kind of about finding that balance. But um, it was also interesting to know that you, I mean, you can get addicted to stress. And I definitely was. What's really interesting for me is that my GI issues showed up as I was starting to feel safer and safer. So for some of us, we're holding it together for so long. And then it comes to that point where the threat bucket is so full, we can't hold it together anymore. So I didn't have GI issues most of my life. And then all of a sudden, when I started to feel safer, when I was actually getting better at handling my stress, is when it all came out. That can be confusing for a lot of people, but it's actually in the trauma data, the scientific data, which is for some of us, once we feel safe, we feel safe enough to process the trauma. Hmm. So another phenomenon that started happening around that same time was I was feeling more and more secure in my relationship with Dale, with this man that I trusted and loved, which was a new thing in my life. I had to like work my way up to feeling safe with a safe human. Then we'd go to bed at night and in bed I would start to shake. And that was the trauma releasing from my system. Why wasn't I shaking leading up to that? because I was so busy holding it together and pushing it down, and I didn't feel safe enough to let go. 
So then when that safety really came in, that's when the spontaneous trauma release started, and that's when the GI issues started. Right? It's fascinating. It's, it's not just a blanket thing, right? Our, our nervous system is constantly coping with stress, constantly. And I think that's why one of the most important things to me is to be able to safely release stress from your system, because that's been one of the biggest healers in my life. What's interesting in both of our examples is that we needed to slow down in order for our body to begin to have the chance to start healing and processing that stress. Exactly. And I think what else is really interesting to know is that the same chemicals that flood your bloodstream when you're about to die, like when you are under a serious threat, are the same chemicals that flood your bloodstream when you're just kind of feeling pissed off when something's just annoying you. <laughs> like like when the computer just shuts off randomly in the middle of our recording. Same stress chemicals. <laughs> so if you don't empty your threat bucket, if you don't burn off those stress chemicals that get produced over and over again from all of the non-life-threatening things going on in your life that your body is responding to as if they were life-threatening, those stress chemicals soak back in to the soft tissue of your body. That causes emotional stress. Physical pain and tension go up when stress goes up. I mean, I had chronic pain most of my life. I started getting chiropractic, massage, bodywork treatments at 12 years old because I could barely turn my head. My neck would freeze. I couldn't move my right arm. The pain was so debilitating. And it wasn't until I regularly started doing the nonlinear movement method that all of that neck, shoulder, chronic pain and tension went away. And it went away within 10 weeks. That's truly amazing. And everyone who attends that class, I hear just remarkable feedback. When I do it regularly as part of my day, my self-awareness of where I'm at in the moment increases, but also I know that I can release any extra junk that I'm holding on to and just give my body that time to just do what it needs to do to release and then move on. The days that I do that versus the days that I don't, it makes a huge difference. Oh my God, same Z's. When I skip it, I don't feel as good as when I do it. And yeah, maybe it's only five, 20 minutes. It works that well. And you know, the shortest definition of trauma is stuck stress. And I mean, who doesn't have stuck stress, especially now? Uh, the answer is no one. <laughs> right? So everyone has stuck stress and stuck stress sucks. So that's why we created a class to help you slow down and get unstuck. And these are somatic classes, right? Which means that you get to physically move the fight, flight, freeze, faint out of your cells and feel much better, all from the comfort and safety of your own home. Show up, get the simple instructions, unstick your stress, and ask questions after. It's that easy. It's awesome. It's effective. And classes are the second Saturday of every month. You can learn more and sign up at thehappywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class. That's thehappywomanacademy.com slash NLMM class. And this is brand new. We're actually pretty stoked because we have this super special offer because we just put up a Patreon page. So if you become a patron, you get access to exclusive content, live Q&As, and at two of the levels, you even get free access to the NLMM classes. 
So just go to patreon.com, search for Slow the F Down Show, and you can support us in funding this sweet podcast. Yes, and we appreciate your support so, so much. It's what keeps us going. Patreon! And we love you. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hey, Slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. Before the invention of rubber and plastic soles, you humans wore high-soled shoes or walked barefoot on the earth. That allowed the electrical potential of the earth to freely flow into the human body, stabilizing the environment of all tissues, cells, and organs. Today, your human research supports the concept that grounding or earthing the human body is an essential element in the health equation, along with sunshine, clean air, water, nutritious food, and physical activity. I'm so glad to see you following in your ancestors' footsteps and getting back to your roots by unplugging and spending more time with me. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for your slowdown skills. I'm going to give you the easiest, fastest, number one way to slow down, switch off your stress hormones, and switch on your relaxation hormones. If you're not breathing right, your body has to make stress hormones. So slowing down enough to notice how you're breathing and then taking control of it is going to help you. So here you go. If you are feeling anxious, fearful, you have a lot of thoughts racing through your head. Most people think that you have to take long, deep breaths. But what can often help you even more and work faster is if you give long exhales and shorter inhales. So, for example, you could breathe in for four seconds, but breathe out for eight seconds. Think of it as emptying out your threat bucket to let go of the anxiety and stress as you give that long exhale. Now, if your energy is dragging, if you're feeling a little depressy and down and low, you want to do just the opposite. You want to take longer inhales and shorter exhales. So then you want to inhale for eight seconds and exhale for four or maybe even two. The number isn't as important as just exaggerating the inhale and shortening the exhale. That you can think of as taking more energy in, taking more oxygen in when you're feeling depleted. So that's what we want you to start noticing is when you're feeling stressed, anxious, and fearful, exaggerate your exhale. And when you're feeling depressy and low energy, exaggerate your inhale. Just start noticing and using your breath to either lift you up or calm you down. I find myself using them a lot before I go to meet people or specifically if I'm going to be around family or people that I don't know. I kind of check in and I'm like, okay, what am I needing right now? And, you know, especially as we talked about in the beginning with this kind of awkward weird transition phase we're in that in and of itself can be a little bit stress inducing and so just knowing that you have these these two types of breath available to you just feels supportive and it's free and you can do it anywhere 
Like all the tips we give, they're free. You can do them anytime, anywhere. No one's even going to know you're doing them. I really like the exaggerated inhale too, the one to energize and lift you up because that's one that like, I think a lot of times when I'm like, oh, I'm feeling tired or oh, I need more energy. I'm like, wait a second, my breath, my breath can help with this. And I think we forget about that. Absolutely, right? Because when you're breathing too shallow, when you actually need more oxygen, you're not giving your brain that fuel that it needs, right? Fuel isn't just food, remember, fuel is oxygen and nutrients. I wonder what would happen if instead of going to get coffee when we needed to pick me up, we just did the energizing breath instead. And instead of reaching for alcohol every time we wanted to come down, just do some long exhales. Right? That would have been really wise for me to do two nights ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now for our slowdown playlist. So our featured slowdown fan is named Danny Plue. And Danny Plue is a dear friend of mine. And he recommended Xavier Rudd Storm Boy. We will post this on our Slow the F Down Show Facebook page. But this one of the most artistic, beautifully done videos that I've ever seen. We just sat there and watched it and our eyes welled up with tears. It is such a beautiful, beautiful song. It went over the span of a lifetime. It was super touching. It's super hippie. And y'all know Casey's the hippie here, not me. But truth. <laughs> but I totally appreciate this song, the artistry. And it will really touch your heart and help you slow down. So go to our Facebook page, Slow the Up Down Show, and click the link. Watch it and listen to it and enjoy your slowdown. It's really beautiful. So Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? You know, I've been an international public speaker about the neurobiology of stress, trauma, and happiness for years now. And I think my favorite part of today's show was noticing that I've come so far on my own journey with managing my own stress. And I'm still learning and getting better and better at it. What was your favorite part of today's show, Casey? So there's this funny thing that happens when we do podcasts. And that is whatever we're focusing on just becomes extra alive in, in our own lives. <laughs> so it's kind of like, like where thoughts go, energy flows type situation. And so in the recording of this episode, a whole bunch of stuff happened that caused stress from a technological standpoint. And just seeing how natural and how well we deal with stress and just the embodiment of that to me was really enjoyable because I can think of myself five years ago. And if even one of those things would have happened, oh my God, I, I would have either shut down yeah, right. I yeah. would have felt like I would have blamed myself. Oh, this mm -hmm. is all my fault or I deserve this to be going so shitty. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, my self-hatred was so fast in the past and none of that happened today. Yep. Me neither. I also really love um, Mother Nature's message because in my past, I remember when my GI problems started and being really acutely sick for many days. And at one point, Dale looked at me and he said, babe, you need to get on the earth. And I could barely walk. And he loaded me in the car, drove me to the park, <laughs> and just laid me down on the grass. And within a few minutes, I started feeling so much better. 
Casey has shared that the first thing she does every morning is get up, goes outside to her yard and puts her feet on the ground. And I try to do that every morning. It's actually helpful now that it's gardening season and I'm out there gardening every day because I get up and go out to my garden every day and I kick off my, my shoes while I'm out there. And it really does help to ground you so that you're not like a live wire spraying all over the place with your stress. And for our sensitive friends out there, our empaths, to me, it's not only stress reducing, but it's an act of self-love. Because when you feel so much and you pick up so much, it's just like a way to just plug yourself into the earth and ground in first thing in the morning. It sets you up for a calmer, more relaxing day. So on our next episode, slow the fuck down with sucking it up. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you love our show, become a patron. You'll get tons of goodies. Go to patreon.com slash slow the F down show and pick the tier that feels best to you. Thank you so much for your love and support. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.